So as always, thank you for joining me. Enjoy the podcast. Kick back and relax. The force is strong and is with us always. And never forget. We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Of this moment, the force is strong. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I will take the next chance. And the next time. You're all rebels, aren't you? You call the Jesse James. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Yo, the Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzle cast, welcome back. It is Wednesday, April 10th. It is a glorious day because it is sunny in Philadelphia, but more so because Star Wars Celebration is tomorrow. I am headed there in about 24 hours. Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019. But even more glorious than that, we got Jedi Geek Girl back on the Bizzlecast, and she is actually live in Chicago right now. She couldn't wait. She's there already, getting ready to go to all the things, and we're going to talk a little bit and do more of a, a quick preview uh, about what, what to look forward to, mostly what Jedi Geek Girl's looking forward to, um, and uh, it should be an amazing, amazing uh, f- five days or so. So first of all, Jedi Geek Girl, um, welcome back to the Bizzlecast. Thank you. Long time no talk. Yes, yes. Although we have been chatting it up online and leading up to celebration, which has been great. Um, and thank God for that, because you know all the things uh, and have done all the research. Uh, and uh, because of that, karmatically, I'm thrilled that you got into all the things and all the panels, even though the Bizzle got into nothing. Um, but karmatically, I'm actually okay with this because, uh, let's just put it this way, if there had been lines that you had to wait in this year as opposed to a lottery, you would have been much more likely than me to have waited in those lines. Therefore, your devotion is greater. Therefore, you deserve it most. Plus, I believe you're going all five days. I'm only going too, I think so. Uh, so a lot of this is going to be asking uh, me, asking you about the stuff you got into and what you're most excited about. Um, but just in general, the day before things start, this is your first celebration. You're very active in Star Wars community in, in various ways. How are you feeling right now, a, a day out of Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019? Honestly, I'm tired because I was up late last night waiting to see if I was going to get into the panels I wanted to and when we did find out that I did win I was up trying to figure out okay what panels to what stadium did I get in did I get into the celebration stage did I get into the galaxy stage so I've been up late talking it up online trying to figure out okay what's going on trying to schedule my schedule out and trying to get prepared because it's going to be a busy week and there's going to be so much to do. And it's nice to know what we are doing because if you go in there without a plan, unless that's your plan, you're going to be kind of stressed out. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And we're about to dive into some of the highlights of the weekend. Curious uh, to talk with you about the, uh, you know, big, huge stuff that you're most excited about, and then some of the smaller stuff that even I might not know about, although you've done a great job filling me in on some of the offsite stuff or like, you know, like the podcasters meet up, etc. So I'm very thankful for that. That's actually the stuff I'm most excited about. And the real reason I'm not very, dis- not overly disappointed about not getting into the panels is because, you know, from the beginning, of the reason I wanted to go there was for community stuff. Um, And so, uh, you know, I I can't be that upset about it. I will say, um, Jedi Girl, as soon as I saw your post that you got in, I knew immediately that I had it. Uh, And it took me three hours to go through all the various app things. I am known as a tech nerd. I have a video games podcast. I build my own computers. I've been using computers since I was seven. I started trying to hack when I was 12 until my parents told me that was a bad idea. Um, And I have had nothing but problems problems with the entire electronic process of this convention and it's unbelievable for a company as rich and advanced uh, technologically as Disney slash Lucasfilm um, Star Wars for God's sakes um, I, although that uh, they can't pull off technology like an app but I guess you're like, girl as a lead in thematically none of the ships uh, you know the Star Wars universe work particularly well including our favorite ship the uh, Millennium Falcon so maybe this is all like a giant you know uh, thematic tie-in to the state of the universe through most of Star Wars, where nothing apparently works, even though they have warp speed and laser beams and so forth, right? <laughs> this is this is classic read pop and glow, glow ticket, which are the ones that actually are running the event, and they have had a history of problems for celebration. So this doesn't surprise me at all. It just surprised me to the degree that we still had problems days slash hours before the events. The app wasn't out in time. A lot of these results wasn't out in time. It it doesn't surprise me because I've heard that Disney, when they run things, they do it really well. I mean, they run D23, and compared to Celebration, that event is run, ran wonderfully. So maybe Disney will take over because it's a whole experience with 3Pop. If it wasn't Star Wars, if it wasn't, you know, the experience part of it, it would absolutely be... So Absolutely. Um, and I, I want to move on because this is literally the only negative thing about this whole th- experience I've had. And I know everything is going to be amazing balls from here forward to JGG. However, I have to say, as the guy who like I can get into my grandma's computer who lives in Florida for my end and fix all her stuff, like I'm a smart guy with technology. So the worst part is not not getting into the panels. The worst part is there's about 10 places along the way where I could have screwed up or done something wrong or not done something right to not get in the panels. You know, that's always the worst thing in life. Like if you fail fair and square, whether it's luck or skill or both on anything, you can, you know, learn from that mistake. But I don't even know what to take away from this other than this could be totally random. It could be totally my fault or some combination of both. And it's really, really frustrating because I was bragging about seeing the trailer before everyone else. Apparently that's not going to happen. And so I just got to get over that and move on to the rest of the amazingness this weekend. And there's going to be so much there outside of the panel. So I know that you're going there for more reasons than just the panel. But even if you take out the panel and even if you take out all the trailers and exclusives, there's just there's so much there to do. So yeah, and I, I am, I'm already dealing with some anxiety and claustrophobia issues with a huge thing like this, um, which is part of the reason I've never done Comic-Con before. Part of the reason I've never done Comic-Con before or the various, you know, Dragon Cons, etc., 
um, other than the size, which will be an issue for me at this to get used to a little bit of it, is because, you know, it's become so commercialized and, uh, you know, so many products they're just trying to sell that really have nothing to do with comic books or even nerd properties at this point at the mainstream Comic Con events. I've got to you know, do some board gaming stuff and some smaller local conventions. Uh, but Celebration's a no-brainer for me because of how fun and family-friendly and diverse it's going to be and so forth. And, uh, yeah, guys, don't don't cry for me, Argentina. Or don't cry for me, America, I should say, over this. Because the, the reality is I, there was a part of me I, in the back of my mind that was hoping I wouldn't actually get into the panels. Uh, because, Jenny Girl, I, when you combine my claustrophobia, my impatience with sitting with lots of people around, and how awkward I feel when there's awkwardness on stage, I've seen all the panels on the stages of the past few years. And no matter who the host is, it inevitably gets awkward. Now, obviously, when you get to be in the, like a Clone Wars panel earlier, like last year, and see the huge reveal and everyone goes nuts, you're like, this is like winning the Super Bowl. And I'm, you're going to have that moment numerous times this weekend, and it's going to be awesome. Um, and so please illegally videotape as much as you can just to show me, if you wouldn't mind, <laughs> so I can live tiny vicariously through you. <laughs> I'm actually going to, tomorrow, when I get to the convention center, if I get time, I'm actually going to ask because i think you can record the crowd you just can't record yes on the stage and stuff like that so yeah. i'm thinking part of me is like i want to watch the trailer because i want to be engrossed in it but the other part of me is i want to record the reaction of the crowd because that mm. is only going to happen only once you know what i'm saying and yeah. and we, we we are in a arena kind of like where you would go to a sports event so yeah. that is going to be i mean i've been to wrestling events before yeah. But I don't think I'm that, that. I don't think there will be a reaction from mm-hmm. watching the trailer that matches what has come before. It will surpass what came before in my experiences. So yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you know, honestly, even the trailer thing, like. I'm the guy that had heard from a source that, you know, they, they dropped the Avengers trailer last month. I know someone kind of close to that situation and that they were, Disney was going to sneak it out in the middle of the night. I could have stayed up, but I'm the guy who gets a night's sleep and then wakes up and spends two hours watching the trailer like 90,000 times. So I'm actually fine with this. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't love Rogue One because I saw it on opening night. In fact, I think I saw Rogue One on a Friday or Saturday night the first time. And then all the the next seven nights after that so i'm i'm totally fine with this i think they're going to have screens and stuff and i think when you're inside the center like me and my dad have our ipads i think we'll be able to watch it streaming from inside um but to be honest with you that's one hour per day and i want to get into all the goodness that's going on so jenny geek girl this is your first celebration which is hard for me to believe uh, uh, it's my first celebration. Uh, let me put it this way: This is your first celebration, which I didn't know you well. Would be hard for me to believe because it seems like something you, you would have have gone to before. For me, it's surprising because I didn't think I would ever go to a giant event like this, and this is the perfect one for me. So let me ask you really quickly, and then we'll get into the stuff you're excited about. Which is, um, you, you're from the region ish. Um, was that the the main factor in being able to go this year? Was that that it was in your uh, slice of the country? Yes. It was more affordable. It was more in my reach because I have family out here, and I was originally going to stay with family. So that would cut down my expenses uh, a lot more than if I would have had to worry about a hotel room and parking. Well, I still would have to worry about parking. But because I had family in the area and because I was so close, it just made it like, okay, I can totally do this because I can actually afford it. 
Awesome. Awesome. Did you, do you remember, was there a crystallization moment in your head? Like as soon as they announced it, it was Chicago and you saw it was going to be like affordable-ish or whatever all around. Was that like an instantaneous thing? Um, did you, did you have to think about it for a while? I guess we couldn't have thought about it too long. I mean, they announced it, you know, I guess months before the tickets came out, but still there, you know, at some point you have to like pull the trigger on it um, and, and get your passes. As soon as they announced it was Chicago, I was like, seriously? I was like, really? And yeah, I, I, I was bought in right away. As soon as I, as soon as I, as soon as I realized this is not a joke, it's actually Chicago. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm doing this because I wanted, I've been wanting to go since I first found out about Celebration 17 years ago. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I actually haven't researched the history of celebration. Obviously it comes from well before the Disney period. Uh, was, was this, did this start during the prequels or was this going on even before the prequels? It started in 99. George Lucas is a very smart man. Yes. And I found out about it when celebration two was Mm -hmm. held in 2002 because Mm -hmm. my uncle went and he showed me a picture of him in a, in Star Wars Inside, and he had me sign it. And no, I'm sorry, he he signed it, not me. He didn't make me sign it. That yeah. was could be kind of pointless. <laughs> he forced you at gunpoint to sign it. Um, <laughs> um, sign this, sign, swear to me. Speaking of Chicago, the Dark Knight movie. Um, really quickly, JGG. This is a typical visual tangent, but I just said Chicago. I said swear to me, and then I thought the Dark Knight. Two days ago, your girl, Captain Marvel, passed the Dark Knight in money, well over a billion dollars. It's going to get near Last Jedi, Black Panther territory, which is amazing. Um, I, I, we're going to do, guys, uh, uh, we're going to ask um, uh, JGG about the couple of the big events that she's most excited about. I think I know which panel she's most excited about, but we'll get to that. I'll, um, I'll see if I can guess right on that one. But also then um, a little bit of the, the smaller mid-level stuff that you just get to do just by being there and hanging out, you know, some of the celebs you're excited to see or just mingle with. Really quickly, though, um, you were a huge Captain Marvel fan. Um, I I didn't realize how much you liked the movie until we started talking a lot against recently. So you must be pretty proud of of your girl about this one. I am. I absolutely love that film. And that was a film that I went in with little expectation, little excitement for it. Not because I didn't think it was going to be good or I wasn't excited to see it, but because the Marvel franchise i'm not as invested in so i'm okay being a little bit more lax and casual about it but as soon as i went in, i was blown away and i absolutely loved the film i mean we could do a whole episode on that but yeah i'm absolutely ecstatic that it is doing as well as it's doing yeah, absolutely. Uh, I only wanted to get in the middle so that we didn't linger around too long because we could do the whole episode about it. I think it would be cooler to do an episode about the character after the Avengers movie where we have two full experiences in two totally different contexts. So we'll see. I'm just glad that you're all Avengered up because, um, you know, after the second Avengers movie, I haven't loved a lot of the solo movies since then. Captain Marvel was, was really good and, you know, I, I like all the cat movies. I haven't been crazy about anything, but then Black Panther and Avengers last year and Captain Marvel, they're, they're back on a roll and I don't know you know what it's going to look like after this is all over but I have to say this is an emotional roller coaster of a few weeks here between celebration all the announcements but then you know both personally and in terms of the podcast I have to get Avengered up for the final battle here um, and then I'm going to see it you know probably seven times in theater based on past uh, Avengers movies um, I'll be laughing and crying a lot every single time this one more crying I think than, than usual and then once I hit summer it's going to be like eh! 
turn around straight back towards Star Wars with all of the announcements. So let's jump into it. Jedi Geek Girl, what are the main uh, panels um, of the four or five days that they're having main panels? Um, which ones are you going to? Um, let's start there. The main panels, uh, the episode nine panel, Mandalorian, Galaxy's Edge, and the Phantom Menace. Those are the four big ones, and those are all four in the morning. Obviously, there are other ones, but they aren't as featured or as big as these four. And I am going to all three of them, except the Galaxy's Edge, because I'm never going to Galaxy's Edge because I cannot afford it, so I am not invested in it. Even though I would love to go to that for the free food if they have it there, (laughs) I have a prior engagement with FFG, uh, because I have to go there for my podcast, and I want to be there when if they announce something, even if it's not for Star Wars Destiny, because of my brand and my podcast, I I want to be there because that's yes. what I do. So yes, and just for the listeners, um, FFG being Final uh, Final Fantasy Flight Games. Excuse me, I kept wanting to say Final Fantasy. <laughs> I'm such an RPG nerd. Um, <laughs> I was like, I need to get a Switch so I can play Final Fantasy VII. I need to get a Switch so I can play Final Fantasy VII. Um, uh, Fantasy Flight Games, who not only does all the licensed games out there that you guys have played, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, etc., but it's done a pretty good job on most of them. Um, of course, this will be a good place, so uh, we can do it again at the end. Uh, Jedi Geek Girl, of course, uh, the iRebel podcast is how we met, playing Star Wars Destiny. If we have two minutes at the end, we can chat about that, or maybe that'll be on another podcast. So, um, actually, do you mind if we talk about the the the, the FFG thing for a second, and then we'll jump into the panels, which is, what's your understanding of sort of how the whole gaming experience is going to be set up? Is it going to just be like a mini E3 expo where they just have crap everywhere? Because the video games are going to be represented as well there. No, it will be a pretty, it will pretty much be a standard panel, panel with people on the panel who create the games, as well as maybe... I don't know, a celebrity or two. I doubt it. It will probably be like licensing with uh, Lucasfilm and you'll have like the director and the game creators talking about the game. I am expecting an announcement of FFG product revolving around Resistance. I did post on Twitter saying to the voice of Kaz, I'm like, I predict that he will be there. And he's like, I might have to stop by. So I'm pretty sure that he will be there. I don't know if that will mean it will come over to Star Wars Destiny. I think it will primarily be an X-Wing thing because for people who do not know, a lot of the premise of Resistance was featured and revolved around a ship. So I think he will be there. And I'm excited for that, even if it, that, even if he, there's nothing said about Star Wars Destiny, you know, that's what I do, so... Absolutely. I actually have not watched Star Wars Resistance. I know I'm a horrible Star Wars podcaster, mostly to do with time, not liking their app, not liking commercials, not having a DVR, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm waiting for Disney Plus, and then I'm going to watch all the Star Wars all the time. I will say, I saw the Kaz uh, voice actor interviewed, I guess it was on the Star Wars show, God bless uh, Carboni and uh, Goots, but... uh, God, is he good looking? I mean, do they have to cast their voice actors as beautiful or more beautiful than their main actors? Like Matt Lanter? I mean, Cat Tabor's gorgeous. I mean, come on. It's just getting, come on, come on. 
Come on, you can hire a few people who aren't like 9, 10 out of 10s, right? I mean, you hear what I'm saying about this? It's ridiculous. They're all gorgeous. But on top of that, they're just like the nicest, sweetest, smartest people who are either huge Star Wars nerds from childhood or have become huge Star Wars fans. And the thing I'm excited about is meeting or just seeing uh, all the voice actors that you and I have talked about over the year or two or whatever. We first started doing the podcast, uh, you know, um, obviously Ash, but, you know, the whole Rebels crew and so forth. Whitworth has been very public that Sam, Sam Weber is going to be everywhere at all times all weekend in his hometown of Chicago. He's already there. He, he, as the, he thanked Supergirl for giving him the week off from production. He's been on Supergirl uh, as a villain, I think. Uh, but it uh, was a Whitworld definitely be man around town. He loves mingling with the people. It's that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, that that I'm, I'm pumped about. Really quickly about the games. There is definitely going to be a game showroom, both for the board games and for the God help us, Electronic Arts Jedi Fallen Order, which after so many disasters, now Anthem, which I just did like seven podcasts about the disaster at Electronic Arts and BioWare having to do with Anthem. I have no faith, but Jenny Giger, I know you're not a big video gamer these, these days, but you have played before and you know about these things. The story group even is pushing Jedi Fallen Order as definitely coming out end of this year. So they seem to be more confident about this one than usual. But they've already canceled at least two or three Star Wars uh, video games in the last few years. And it's always been a huge disaster. So I will be curious from the video game angle what will be there. Um, but, I, you know, I love playing board games as well. So I'm excited to check out whatever they have on, um, on display there. So a, a couple of things. Number one, they will also have Vader Immortal on the floor yes. after it was, after it gets revealed after the episode 9 panel. So that will also be there. Also, Jedi Fallen Order is one of the three things Lucasfilm is focusing their marketing campaign before episode 9. What's previously been known as Force Friday is called Triple, Triple Force Friday. It's revolving around episode 9, Mandalorian, and this game. So I would imagine it's going to be a pretty big deal, at least for Lucasfilm, because they're putting a lot of promotion behind it. And I would expect there to be like a road to Jedi Fallen Order, just like there is with the movies, just like there is with Galaxy's Edge. And I would predict same with Mandalorian. So that Lucasfilm has a lot on their plate and instead of one movie, like for the last three or four years, they have four different things focused on, including Galaxy's Edge. So, yeah, I don't want to dwell on this, but I know a lot about the video game industry. Electronic Arts hasn't put out a great Star Wars game. Lucasfilm, LucasArts uh, made amazing Star Wars games. The, people still play the old LucasArts Battlefronts because the new ones just aren't that good. And they tried to do Battlefront 2 leading up to The Last Jedi, and we know what happens with that with loot boxes. They're still being sued, Electronic Arts, that is, in Europe for the illegal gambling that goes on in games like Battlefront 2. So I have to think, having just dropped $74 billion on Fox Studios, Bob Iger's flexing his muscles, sat down with Electronic Arts, smacked him into shape, and said, don't screw this up again, or we really, really, really are not giving you another chance at this. I have to hope that's what's going on. I don't even care if I play it. I just don't want it to be bad again. And no, if you guys like playing Battlefront 2, God bless you. The content for that's been amazing. I'm thrilled they dropped the Clone Wars. I can't play it because I'm a technical player, and the, and the shooting is really janky in that game, um, and it doesn't look quite as good as it did two years ago when it came out. Um, it's still super fun, so I'm, I'm, it, it, that, of all the things that are there at Jedi Gate Girl, like, it, it, literally everything at the convention, at that celebration, j- uh, the, 
the Electronic Arts Jedi Fallen Order is by far the thing I'm most skeptical about, but I'm willing to give it a chance because it sounds awesome, and if they can finally nail one of these, it'll be fun to play a great Star Wars game, because at the moment, X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter from the mid-90s on my joystick in my old computer is still my favorite Star Wars game, so I don't know what that says. So, okay, we'll have to table that. Well, I, I want to add, yes. like, to, be, to be fair, I have been wanting a single player Star Wars game for a long time. And I'm I'm okay with oh, the yeah. Battlefront two thing. It was it was just too short for me. Yeah. And the, like I've mentioned before on my own podcast, the video games are my EU. They are what I grew up with. They are what I spent the most time with. I really enjoy it. I really engage it. So if they released a even if it's a fairly mediocre single-player experience, which I don't think Jedi Fallen Order will be, just because of the story quality, they will have my money because I love that engagement and stuff like that. And, like, Battlefront 2 might be awesome for people who love it, but yeah. I do not play it because I am not a multiplayer mm-hmm. player. No, I, I, I a thousand percent am with you. I care way more about this than Battlefront for that exact reason. The problem is Insomniac Games, among other studios that have been making Star Wars, I mean, Insomniac Games made the Spider-Man game, which, by the way, you might have heard on the PS4, sold a bazillion copies and got amazing reviews, guys. They were doing an Uncharted-level single-player game for Star Wars. They can that. They've canned numerous single-player Star Wars games over the past few years. So, I, you know, you know me. I'm usually an irrational optimist about everything. Thing, especially about Star Wars, but this is one I, I can't. But I'm also in the midst of doing like a whole series of exposés exposing Electronic Arts' insane and horrible corporate culture. Um, and so hopefully this is compartmentalized. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. The bottom line is, whatever they show us, it won't tell us anything, because you never know when it's gameplay and when it's not. But the fact that they're featuring it so much, and the fact that Star Wars themselves, Lucasfilm, are promoting it so much, you know, formally and informally, you know, at this point, the game is in post-production and so they must have played a, a, a finished enough beta where they feel like this thing is going to be the single player story driven game that we all want and deserve Jedi Geek Girl and it takes place between 3 and 4 I believe even more amazing it does and it also features uh, Jedi which appeals to a lot of people <laughs> wait what Jedi in Star Wars can't be no <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> but the Jedi are dead let them let them die. Let the past die. Um, Jenny Geek Girl. Okay, let's run through some panels. Episode nine. I, I know that's not the one you're most excited about. Definitely right, but it is the first big one on Friday. Um, or is there one tomorrow? No, tomorrow is a preview event uh, where okay. you go to shop and nice. autograph and meet people. Mm-hmm. So I have a very serious question for you on this. You ready? Okay. What Good. is the state of the Raylo universe right now? Because <laughs> I love following this. It's endlessly fascinating. I saw your post today, so I had to bring it up. They are very excited. There's a lot of people in the community who are realizing, wait a minute, there's something between Ray and Kylo there. And the key to Raylo is it's not strictly romantic. And a lot of people are realizing that that's the thing about the sequel trilogy is the relationship between Rey and Kylo, the dynamic, the interaction, the level of intimacy that they have because they're so familiar that drives the story and a lot of people are realizing that, they're jumping on board of that under the Raylo term and there's a lot of Raylos in the community so it's like, wait, you know, we've been calling this for four years after we saw The Force Awakens. I mean, 
that's God. We're glad that you see that. But I mean, we've been chanting, we've been holding that flag, flag, flag for four years. Mm. So yeah, I don't think that's what's happening. I think the sides are more more divided. I mean, I'm in this weird position because we're working and knowing pe- with people, uh, working with and knowing Raylo people such as yourself, following female podcasters. I, I can't discount that modern, young, progressive feminist women are into this. And I try and explain that to some of my dude podcasters. On the other hand, the facts are still that he's a murderer who killed his dad, almost killed his mom, has murdered tons of people, has tried to do bad things to Ray. And so I try and explain people that this is has much to do with the, the soldier performance I always talk about, of the chemistry of the characters. The problem is the people who are like, oh, he killed on Solo, he's irredeemable. I'm like... So Han Solo's the reason you don't like this? Not all the other people he killed? You know, maybe it's more complicated. But then on the other side, I'm like, I don't know. Like, give your pitch to people who are like, he's irredeemable, he's evil, he's tried to do bad things psychologically and physically to Ray before he killed his dad, he almost killed his mom, he's responsible for horrible death. He was a good guy for about two minutes in The Last Jedi before he turned and astrated conquer the galaxy with him and then tried to kill luke and all the rebels so what is your pitch to someone who can't understand this why why women are into it and yes i'm going to leave aside the obvious adam driver's hot and a brilliant actor and more importantly him and daisy ridley have a spectacular chemistry um as actors but what you know like what's the rational pitch for someone who just you know despises kylo ren even if they love the actor which is usually the case you know is that people just hate him as a bad guy but love you know love the performance what's the pitch but why we should we should give him a chance for for redemption and even romance after everything we've seen from him i would say that why Raylo is so important is pretty simple it's elementary it's the dynamic it's the chemistry it's the intimate relationship it's the building and tearing down of both characters that makes Raylo so appealing the romance is just the sweetness on top some people prefer their Velo to be really sweet, some prefer to be very basic, but the whole key to Velo is that interpersonal dynamic mm-hmm. that you get between two characters mm-hmm. like them that you wouldn't get between like Paul and Ray or Finn and Kylo. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You, 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 you can have that back and forth, but mm-hmm. their, their relationship, their dynamic, their interactions is more personal than Luke and Vader. That doesn't make it better or worse. It's just a different. It's a lot more intimate, and but not in a romantic way. In a way like, hey, you and I are so much alike. We connect. We are so familiar. We have that level of connection that we do, we know that something's there and it's unique, and we don't know what it is yet, and. Who knows what will happen in episode nine, but that's the key to Raylo. That's what sold me on Raylo. I had Raylo, I had Raylo explained to me by a friend, a mm-hmm. uh, former friend, mm-hmm. and she was talking to me about how she 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 preferred the romantic part of me, but she was like, no, it's it's it, it really the romantic side is more of a, a extreme of it, but it's, no, it's more of the mm-hmm. dynamic between it. It's more of mm-hmm the heroine's journey and the feminine storytelling that people are connecting Mm -hmm. with when it comes to Mm Velo. 
I'm not even going to keep bringing up the murder and the gen- potential genocide because we've talked about this before. We never get anywhere in that discussion. I will say, guys, if you're familiar with the romance literature genre, this is the most popular uh, setup for romance novels is the um, guy who's been really, really bad and slept with tons of women. And then the good, chaste, beautiful princess or, 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 or peasant woman tames the beast, turns him into a good guy, and then they live happily ever after. Uh, so we see this in literature, a pulpy and otherwise, all the time. I will say, Janky Girl, I don't think this is we're looking at a last post Last Jedi split in the community. The problem is, if he doesn't get redeemed and they don't explore Raylo, there are gonna be a lot of unhappy women. And if they don't have Ray murder him, which is still what I'm pushing for from a dramatic standpoint, even if it's sweet, then I it, then there's gonna be a lot of unhappy fans about about that. Um, and no matter how they sell it dramatically, people are already like I want Kylo dead or I want Raylo. There's not a lot in between at the moment. Now, my prediction would be uh, a Jean Grey during X-Men Last Stand situation where she tells Logan to kill her while they're having a sweet moment. They're crying and he says, I love you. It's so disturbing. Like, I could see her even kissing him and him begging her to kill him because he can't live in his mind anymore because he's totally unhappy and insane. I think the only, that would be the only way to make it interesting, to make all the strands connect and to give everyone something, but that them going into the sunset, um, I think, uh, would be potentially as harmful as like the Lord and Miller version of Han Solo that we almost got, for example. Like it would it would distort the fabric of, of what people think of Star Wars. But I, I don't discount the the Raylo phenomenon. I they it's, they undeniably have the unbelievable chemistry as people, and I know it's a fantasy, and that's fine. Uh, but uh, I, I think that the this the the, the my let's move into the Star Wars Episode 9 panels more specifically. Um, it, my, my fear for this movie is it's going to be in the shadow of the Avengers and so while, you know, it'll still do well, it's not going to make as much money or be as, as liked or hyped as the Avengers already, it seems clear. Um, and like I said, because Star Wars more than any other fans come in with so many wants, desires, expectations, and let's be honest, Jay Girl, a lot of fans have say, I deserve this, I deserve that, and if you don't give me what I deserve, like somehow we've earned it, um, then I'm going to hate it and not give it a chance. That's not us. If it's not the vision you or I want, you know, we'll we'll try and see what we like about it. You know, and maybe we like it more over time. Maybe we don't, um, or maybe we like it less over time. Um, but I don't think that they can. I, I don't think, uh, even though I think this is going to be the the, the least uh, sloppy of the three uh, saga movies because they finally can bring it all together. Um, I, I am worried that people just have too many expectations and things they want to happen, um, and so inevitably people are going to be unhappy. But that's for another time. So. Here's my thing. Episode 9 panel. Have they announced literally anybody other than J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy? Like, the stars are going to be there, right? No. Yeah, they, they should be there. And no, they haven't announced anything. But I have my own issues with Episode 9. But yeah, it, it should be really interesting to see how it will mm-hmm. turn out and who's all going to be there and stuff like that. So... Right. Well, you you just don't have enthusiasm for Episode Nine right now, which is fine. Um, I, and again, you talked about going into Captain Marvel with low expectations, and now she's your girl. So I, I encourage everyone to go in with, you know, uh, I don't like to say low expectations because that sounds negative, but I talk about managing expectations with movies all the time. And I'm the guy, even with the Avengers movies and Star Wars, like, 
I, I had talked myself into a frenzy the two months leading up to Rogue One, but the day I first went to Rogue One, I was able to just sit in that chair and watch the movie. Um, and, you know, like, I just have that ability because I love movies and see them so so many times if I like them and I see so many movies. Um, so just manage your expectation, guys, and it's better to have expectations on the low end going into something like the end of the nine movie saga. Um, uh, you know, uh, every saga has an end. There's going to be crazy synergy here with Phantom Menace from 20 years ago, which we'll, which we'll probably get to next. Um, so what do you expect then? The lack of announcements, honestly, JGG, the lack of announcements of celebrities, it tells me that there are going to be more over the weekend than they're telling us, rather than fewer, actually. Um, uh, that's usually how it works with these things. And I would be shocked if, you know, I mean... Well, I don't want to get too much on on record a day before uh, uh, speculation about who will be there. What do you expect from what you know from uh, um, episode nine? And then you can do some speculation about who will be there or or, or what will be uh, involved at that panel. I would expect that to be the title to be announced. I would expect the poster. I would expect the trailer. Pretty pretty basic i mean yeah. that, there's not a whole sh- lot of surprise there i would expect the big three to be there i would expect a couple of the minor characters to, actors to be there and more details on the role the, the role i would expect billy d to be there because he's going to be at the convention himself mm. uh we are we are going to find out the I don't want to say her name or anything about her because of spoilers but we're going to find out her role which has already yep. been leaked uh, we're probably going to find out that episode 9 is going to be revolving around spoiler and where they were. Um, so I, I'd expect it to be a lot of stuff that we already know in, in the spoiler community and a lot, not a whole lot of reveal outside of the imagery. The imagery is what we haven't seen a lot of and stuff like that. So it will be new to the world. It, it, it will be a lot bigger than what you would think looking at it from the side that you know what's going to be there Mm -hmm. um just because the casual audience aren't familiar like what the plot of nine is going to be or who's going to be in there and what their role is Mm -hmm. but yeah so it it should be interesting Mm -hmm. and i think once you get into the moment and stuff like that it's going to be very exciting so so uh, you know the bad news is these panels, they never tell anything substantive. But again, guys, they want you to enjoy the movie and be surprised by stuff. So I agree with you, JG, about the title. That should have been well out by now. However, in terms of the trailer and what they say, I'm still hoping the trailer shows almost nothing other than some cool visuals and teasing Ray, Kylo, and a couple other things, like actually giving my boy Poe Dameron some stuff to do for once would be dope. Um, I'm ho- I was hoping Oscar Isaac would be, would be there. I, who knows? Uh, Adam Driver almost and certainly will not. He hates this stuff um, or is just shy, I think think um uh but uh so the bad news is we're not gonna get any kind of major info there which is actually good news to me um the good news is though that the cast that is there which i'm assuming will at least of the main cast be daisy ridley john boyega and i would be shocked if kelly marie tran weren't there i mean this is the perfect place for her to come back in the public because everyone there worships you know the ground these actors walk on as they should um but of the main young cast 
especially Daisy Ridley, who can be very uptight for obvious reasons. She's had so much on her shoulder. She's so young. She came into this, you know, having done like almost nothing. Now that it's wrapped, she can actually relax. So I think we're going to see a very relaxed and funny and cute Daisy Ridley would be my one prediction of, of what, what I think will be cool about the panel. And, and one reason I'm sad I won't be there. Here is what I would like to see. I would like to see the panel begin. Well, or in the beginning, with J.J. Abrams talking about episode seven and the saga and doing that film. And then I would like there to be a surprise. I would like to love it or hate it. I would like to see a surprise appearance by Ryan Johnson to talk about The Last Jedi. That's and not happening. And, and the evolution right of the characters. You would lead right into episode nine. And then you would have episode nine talk. And you would you would have the accumulation of the story and... The experience of uh, you know your basic panel stuff, and then you would have a trailer with kind of like your episode one trailer, where we would have snippets of each one of the previous films because this is supposed to be the accumulation of the saga. So you would like every it would open with like a peaceful force music from episode one, and then it would show like basically what you see on YouTube with all the saga, and then you have it fade to black, and boom, you cut right into like shots from episode nine, like your basic trailer stuff. And what what whether you like it or not, that that's what I would like to see. And there's nothing wrong wrong with liking to see something, regardless of if it happens or not. Nope, nothing wrong at all. But I'm telling you, there's no way Ryan Johnson will be there. It's not uh, not that he won't be. At, actually, I, I could see him mingling at, during the weekend. I just don't think he'll be at the panel. I agree that would be cool. As someone who really respects Ryan Johnson and is not in love with the Last Jedi, um, you know, as you might your your relationship with Solo is similar to mine with the Last Jedi. I think. Um, uh, other than you saw more clearly at the time that Solo wasn't for you and it took me longer to get to realize Last Jedi was not, not going to be one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but I respect him. Um, but the fact that they've gone from, you know, saying he's a guaranteed trilogy guy and to not hearing much about it and just to continue, you know, I, I hate to say it, diminishment and demeaning of The Last Jedi by a lot of the community, most of which is unfair. And those aren't my reasons for not liking uh, parts of the movie. Um, but he's a great guy who doesn't avoid the controversy. And so I would love to see him th- uh, there. I mean, if you're right about that prediction, like I would be totally on board for that. I would absolutely love to meet him. He's such a nice guy, even if you don't like his film. The sweetest. Some people might yep. do. He is such a, I mean, you could hate his art, but he's such a sweet guy. Um, but no, but, but I'm talking epic thing because that's, that's what we do with, with these events. We always picture these things that we would love to see, and they're always grander than what they actually turn up to be. And that, that would be pretty grand to me to see the evolution of the sequel trilogy and then bringing it to a close with the evolution of the saga films because that that's my that's mm-hmm. my that's the one thing i want from episode nine is i want it to be accumulation of not just the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. not six films but nine films because mm-hmm. this is the saga this is the star wars saga mm-hmm. not the original trilogy or the sequel trilogy saga mm-hmm. um yeah i think um they're going to try and put on a huge fireworks show. I could see the thing. You know how, like, they bring out people slowly and then some people, 
stay on the stage and some people leave, you know, like they just come for a few minutes depending on the, on the thing. I, I, yeah, I could see him coming out for two minutes and talking with Kathleen and, and JJ about the process, um, uh, especially because it would give clarity as to how much collaboration has actually occurred between JJ and Ryan. It's very unclear, both 7, 8, and then 8 to 9. Um, that's another podcast. But they, they have to have the stars for that one. They have to because I do think there's an enthusiasm gap. I mean, the, the, let's put it this way. Solo has done much better in terms of sales and just user reviews post it leaving the theater and people seeing it. I, I have tons of friends who are only casually into Star Wars, aren't super DC Marvel people or anything, who really enjoyed Solo, and the sales numbers are there. I think they broke even, which they didn't expect that to happen after all the money they sunk into it. So the enthusiasm isn't as low as d- during the post-Last Jedi, all the Star Wars fans at each other's throats, slash a lot of people didn't like or didn't see Solo situation, but I, I, I think your t- t- uh, way and see attitude towards episode nine in general i think is more representative of the fan community jenny girl I, I you know again uh, you i'm sure you remember because i talk about the directors and actors um that i love over and over again but jj abrams when his he's nailing science fiction is up there with joss whedon for me and so the same way i thought a year before force awakens on my podcast i said i think this movie's gonna be really 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 good because of jj abrams i think this one's going even way better because he gets to build on what he built but then also what ryan built and, and the great things there and and if he can just bring the cool things of seven and the cool things of eight together um, and make it cohesive. And now that's, you know, all original cast. I mean, yes, we got Billy D, which is cool. We'll have Force Ghost Luke or whatever. That'll be cool. I'm still predicting live action Ahsoka. I'm sticking with it. Episode nine, guys. You've been hearing it here for over a year. I'm still saying live action Ahsoka. Not this, but in the movie. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely pull out some surprises. We just still aren't totally sure how they're handling Leia. Or at least, I don't know, maybe I haven't been following enough. And they've talked about it um so yeah i guess for me the the trailer and the the talking it will will be less important um to, to this whole process um let me put it this way whether i'm able to see it you know outside the room or not uh while it's happening or watch it later it's more going to be like the body language and the overall mood and feeling of the people on stage and in the audience i'm going to be watching more than any particular trailer title and so forth if that makes sense um so so two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, number one, what at the very least, I would like to see JJ talk about the Last Jedi, or what is about the character development, or because he did executive produce it. I would like to see it because you know, episode nine builds from episode eight and episode seven. So I would like to see him talk about that. But I'm thinking here about the trailer, and like I follow spoilers, so I have a rough idea what's going to be in the film. There's nothing in the trailer that they could show me to really make me pop except one thing and i i bet you they do this and i and i think you know what i'm about to say kissing if they show footage no if they show footage of leia oh they're yeah i will lose my crap over that because i think you're right yeah (laughs) you you know you know how when i saw leia and the last jedi teaser and trailer and in the film, I absolutely lost it. And when they, I'm, I'm getting my hands are shaking right now. I'm getting <laughs> chills. When Leia pops up on the screen, it's going to create such a pop. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think they'll do that just to manipulate people's emotions, if nothing else, because Disney's great at, and Lucasfilm was great at doing that. Um, but it might just be the Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. It could be a lot. Um, I think the trailer will start with clips from the first six movies 
um, or maybe of the first eight movies would be my guess. The way the Avengers final trailer, they put in black and white, you know, past scenes from Thor, Cap, and so forth's world. I could see them do something similar with that to fill out the trailer and also get people's feels going. So when they do give us some new footage... Um, uh, you know, again, with the Halo thing, they're definitely going to keep teasing the connection because they're connected on so many levels and it is so interesting. So that will be interesting to see how they tease Ray and Kylo. Um, you know, I've been feeling really strongly like the first order is not going to be a huge part of this movie in terms of the time in, in, in the movie. Like, uh, but uh, so it'll be interesting to see how much first order they tease versus whatever Kylo's new order is and, you know, Ray's baby Jedi's or whatever she's got going on. I hope this feels honestly like the Clone Wars and Rebels, but in live action in the new saga. That's what everybody wants. Like tons of Jedi stuff, colorful, you know, heroes, good guys, bad guys, people in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I think both episode seven and episode eight for different reasons at different times felt a little stiff um, and, and overly thought out at times. I think JJ, again, like Joss Whedon, is at their best when they just, th- as I say, throw tons of shit at the wall. And if 90% sticks, it's usually a really good 90%. So I'm hoping it's a long movie where they throw tons of shit at the wall is, is overly long rather than overly short. I think people will be bummed if this movie is like less than two hours and 45 minutes with everything they have to set up with the new cast being pushed forward, you know, whether there's a time jump or not or whatever. And so I think, um, JG, this will be my final thought about episode nine. And then I, well, I want to jump to episode one, uh, which is um, I, I think the talking that they will do. Do you remember the episode eight panel with Ryan? And Ryan was trying to figure out like what he could say about it. And he talked a lot about the themes that we're going to be in that film, right? You know, like, don't be so hasty to meet, you know, your idols because they don't turn out to be who you think. And, you know, the Finn Rose, you kind of tease the Finn Rose journey a little bit. Um, thematic stuff, which I thought was really cool at the time and helped me appreciate the movie more um, and, and still helps me appreciate it. Um, you know, I've listened to Ryan's commentary at least once. and really enjoy that. Um, I think here they're, they're, JJ is going to set up the scenario. He's going to be like, look, two years have passed. Here's what's going on, and then we're going to show you some clips, and then you have to see the movie. But I think there—do you think there will be a, a, like a, a time jump of of any length at this point that they'll have to fill in? Oh, I know there will. That there will be. Okay. Um, because like I said, I follow the spoilers. I mean, they might not be true, but I have a general idea of what the general consistency of the mm-hmm. time gap is. But there's a time jump, mm-hmm. but it's not that big of a time jump. It's so funny when it comes to Marvel stuff. I have no problem of finding spoilers and and leaks because Star Wars is my true love. So you know, even the thing Star Wars thing I talk about more because I love like leading up to Rogue One. I was like, okay, I know in that final Rogue One trailer, which is the best trailer ever, and where I get my music from for the Bizzle cast. I was like, I know they just ruined a bunch of stuff in the movie. So I'm literally not going to read anything else about this until I see it because I don't know what I don't want to know what happened where and when because I know they've done reshoots and the final Rogue One trailer was like all reshoot stuff. Uh, and so I was like, I could easily piece this together being a Star Wars fan and a film nerd guy. And so I don't want to do that. As sort of where I'm in episode nine, like if you tell me like off mic or when I see you this weekend, like some of the spoiler stuff, like I will be, I won't, won't mind. Um, uh, but in general with like, I don't seek it out with, with, uh, with star Wars. Um, and so, you know, they're certainly not going to go out of their way to spoil it. But again, I'm the movie guy. I will have, I will have a completely open mind when I see that film and I will judge it for what it is. And if I love it, I'll see it a bunch of times. 
times, even if I just like it or it's okay. I'm sure I'll see it a bunch of times because it's Star Wars. It's the great cast and J.J. Abrams, who mostly has a great record in my book. Um, and I think he's going to nail this one. And, you know, that's why for me, you know, uh, Bizzlecast listeners, I, I always talk about the, the true measure of a movie is not the first viewing. It's the second, third, fourth, and fifth viewing um, and so forth. And so yeah, I, I try to have a long view about this stuff. Um, speaking of which, Jedi Geek Girl, do you mind if I make the transition to the episode one 20th anniversary panel? Go for it. Okay. Speaking of which, so, you know, I, I released my very, I believe, Jedi Geek Girl called Boring Star Wars list recently, where shockingly Rogue One and the original trilogy is at the top and the prequels are at the bottom and everything else is in the middle. Um, uh, I cannot deny that it was, it was boring, but it is how I feel. I will say, though, Jedi Geek Girl, after doing the Phantom Menace commentary with you, and then we did Revenge of the Sith, both of which were cool, um, at times Revenge of the Sith has threatened to move more towards the middle of my list but the more I go back to the prequels, when I actually do rewatch the prequels, which does happen occasionally, I have found Venom Menace to be by far the most rewatchable. It's the most practical effects. It's not so super depressing and dark the whole time. Since they're not using CGI constantly, it just ages better for me. I love Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And now with Darth Maul having such an important you know, role, obviously, more and more and more with Darth Maul, um, I don't know. I just I, I don't know if I could ever put Phantom Menace above Sith in terms of like my list. Um, but I, I think I'm at the point where I can say to myself, yeah, if I just want to watch a prequel and like enjoy it, it's definitely going to be the Phantom Menace. It's not going to be Attack of the Clones. I, I get people like that movie. That's awesome. I uh, love the thing you love. That's what I'm always saying. And don't hate things that other people love. It's just not for me. Um, but also, my problem with Sith and the reason I love one, and this will lead into my first question, is Natalie Portman in episode one as Padme slash Amidala is maybe the most underrated uh, blockbuster action star in the history of film other than by the people who are called fans of the prequels and specifically Padme. She's amazing in that movie and her as the helpless crying princess um, who's not particularly smart, powerful, or full of agency in Revenge of the Sith is the thing that is most problematic for me and they certainly tried to address a lot of that in the excellent um, I'm only still only about two-thirds through the Padme book, uh, Queen's Gambit. Um, it's very good. I love E.K. Johnson's writing and hearing Kat Tabor read it is, is amazing. Um, just like the Ahsoka book with Ashley Eckstein. I'll finish that on the plane on the way over. Um, but yeah, so for me, that's, you know, Natalie in the first one is a huge thing and, you know, Qui-Gon, you know, and the, the Qui-Gon-Obi-Wan relationship as well is a huge thing for me. You guys should check out um, uh, JGG's um, commentary uh, we did with Phantom Menace. JJG was good we did not do the Attack of the Clones uh, podcast together. Even poor Simi. Oh my god. That poor guy. He likes the prequels a lot more than me. Um, but um, I am so fascinated to see who shows up um, episode one. We know Hayden's going to be there. And by the way, guys, for the low, low price of $1.99, you can get a picture with Hayden Christensen. That's right. $200 for the guy that was run out of Hollywood 20 years or 15 years ago for being Anakin Skywalker, not liked much at the time. Now charging $200 to pop for photo ops. Gotta love it. I'm happy for him. God bless him. I know you're excited about just him being there. Who else do we know is at the episode one panel? And who do, is there any chance Natalie Portman shows up? There are a couple other people who are going to be on the panel that were like behind the behind the scenes. I can't really think right now what the names are because I have them memorized. But Ahmed Best is going to be there, which is absolutely wonderful seeing him come back. So cool, so, so cool. And 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 I I hope that he get a 
round of applause and he's one of the people who I am meeting and I cannot wait to shake his hand because whether you like Jaja or not, I mean, he was, he, he's an important, memorable character in history for what they were trying to or did at the time. So I, I'm excited. And regardless if you like it or not, it's good to see people be like, okay, what's done is done. People love it. Some people don't. Let's try to, especially since it came out that, you know, he was about to commit suicide or over it and stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm happy for him to see him come back. Um, so it's going to be him. And there was another actor. From, from, Can I respond to that real um, quick? He's going to go get ahead. a ginormous round of applause because these are the people that love Star Wars. Like The people that only like the original movies and bitch about anything since the original movies are not the people at this point who go to these events. Certainly they wouldn't go to the episode one panel, right? I mean, I think oh, yeah. he's, he's going to get a massive round of applause. I, you know, like For instance, if you had told me Hayden... Um, I didn't know Hayden was going two years ago. I wasn't really following that closely about, about that particular event or last year. No, two years ago. Uh, if it, like I, I would have guessed that he would have gotten a huge round of applause, but I'm guessing here pretty strongly. I'm at best. We'll get a standing ovation because most of the people there either like love or appreciate the prequels. And let's be honest, JGG. We know we started our podcast like around uh, uh, last Jedi and the vocal minority who hates the prequels, hates the new stuff, only wants the original trilogy it has been completely drowned out and the hateful ones in many cases run off the, you know, Twitter and internet um, by the vast majority of us. Um, but at the same time, like, I think f fans realize like we can make Jar Jar jokes in in a nice way and still love him and still love his performance the way uh, Goots and, and and Anthony Carboni do you know on their on the Star Wars show you know little playful things like you you have to be able to, we make stuff that's what people don't realize like like making fun of some of the bad corny parts of the original trilogy is like part of the experience like Tashi Station and power converters right I mean so I think we finally found it you know this part. In the middle, and because of that, everyone can have appreciation for Ahmed Best as an actor. But you know me, I'm an actor centric person on my podcast, and in general, I always defend the actors. And even when I didn't like the Jar Jar back in the day, I was aware of what was going on with Ahmed Best and thought it was absolutely horrifying and continued things horrifying. But the process of healing that he started and coming out and coming to this and doing his own show and talking about it and writing about it is is an amazing story. It can only happen in Star Wars. Kelly Marie Tran, I, that's what I'm saying. Like by the time episode nine's done, people aren't even wanting to talk about or think about like what happened to Kelly Marie Tran two years ago. Because the vast majority of Star Wars fans love these people and love these characters. And that's unfortunately it took close to twenty years for Jar Jar. It's not gonna take twenty years for uh, Rose Tico. That is for goddamn sure. Um, but uh, nevertheless it, it, uh, you know it, like they're always gonna be haters and I, I think the, the majority of us who are lovers and not haters are getting better and better and faster and faster at closing ranks, so to speak, when that stuff happens. And if nothing else, people like me would give him a huge standing up, a, a round of applause just for what he's gone through as a personal journey and just as a Star Wars fan. And anyone who's in the Star Wars family is family. I, I agree, and it's going to be so exciting seeing him. Uh, Ian McDermott, Palpatine, is going to be there. Oh, That's yeah. the other guy. Yeah. So obviously, so. Jedi. Um, I would love. Who, so, I, yeah. who I am also meeting. Awesome. So. I would love to see him and Sam Witwer uh, do a thing together where you have 
I would have Ian McDermott playing um, Senator Palpatine and Sam Witwer playing Emperor Palpatine, and just like having an, it like a Gollum esque like a, a inward dialogue with each other. Oh my god, that, I would I would pay hundreds of dollars to see that. Seriously, that's what I would pay for. It would be hilarious, um, but that's cool. Look, the bottom line is. Natalie Portman has to be there. Well, you said it. You called it a, like a year and a half ago, at least, or a year ago, or whatever. We started doing some of our podcasts, and since then, I, I felt more and more confident she'll be there. Because if Jar Jar can get a standing ovation, Natalie fucking Portman, Oscar-winning Natalie Portman, will get a standing ovation at Star Wars Celebration. I mean, where where will she ever have the chance to be so loved in the nerd community in one place at one time with people who love her and her character? right it's it's now or never if natalie doesn't come to this she's never coming to anything and that's fine that's her personal choice i don't know if you remember this but we talked about this a year ago jg i said she needs this more than we do i think this would be a great closing of a chapter but also recognition for how great and important it was i think she should do this for natalie not for us but again i don't know what's going in her mind and she's super politically active at the moment and so you know if she's off saving the world or whatever then i i can't falter for that because that's what star wars is about Right. She she has to be there. The Phantom Menace is her to. movie. Has to. And it, it would be so it would be quite a big surprise. And I don't see the other p- actors making appearance. I think um Ian is possible, but I don't really see it. I see him and Lemoy um doing video appearances like they did at the I think they both did it at the fortieth anniversary oh, okay. panel. Yeah. So I, I, I could see them doing like video messages but honestly i think the big surprise the big surprise is going to be lucas um i think lucas is definitely going to be there i don't think that's a surprise i think that's i'm not gonna say it's confirmed shoot what can i say i've heard that he definitely is going to be there is what i I heard yeah Yeah. but the big surprise for the non-super nerds who are going is natalie portman right because you might have predicted this a long time ago and i might have jumped on your prediction a long time ago and wrote that prediction all the way till now um and you know i'll be sad to not that wasn't even i'm not even going to be there that day um to me uh, i'm not going to be at the uh is that saturday or monday Monday. Monday, right. Um, but yeah, Natalie, Natalie, I mean, it would completely blow the place up. The only shame is if she does come and you mix that with the thunderous applause for Jar Jar and whoever else shows up, I, <laughs> I almost wish that had been earlier in the, in, in the weekend because the, the, the amount of just like happiness, love and enthusiasm that would, that's already coming out of that, but would really come out of that with Natalie and whoever, like, you know what I mean? But, but on the other hand, capping off your final day with that is a great way to send people out. Um, and uh, I, I, I want to quickly get to a couple other topics. Really appreciate you being on in your time. Um, but any last thoughts about the Phantom Menace one? And then we'll just have to wait until it happens and, and we can respond later. I do have one. I think Honored Basketball there will be amazing. It will be healing for him. It will be amazing for the audience. Obviously, if Natalie shows up, that's going to be amazing. But I think the person who needs it most when it comes to the healing is Jake Lloyd. I think it would be nice to see Jake Lloyd there, but I don't. That's so unlikely. Just, I, w- I would just, like just, to see just, it too. I would like to see it too. Is all is all just, I can say. Not because people would not express their love to him, but because of where he's at right now in his personal journey. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my reaction to that was just I don't think it's gonna happen. I would love to see that happen. I'm no, I, 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 I hate seeing either. what happens to child actors. Uh, you know, it's it's so brutal. Um, but you know what? If he shows up all tatted up and shit and starts jumping around and waving to the crowd, people would go crazy for that too. So who fucking mm-hmm. knows? Anything could happen. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's interesting is if there, you know, like if there was a point where they're like, okay, if we put everything to get pet, uh, to get Natalie here, you know, does that affect like who else would come? I have no idea. Um, so uh, we'll just have to wait and see. So okay, so um, you're not that crazy about the Mandalorian, so we don't need to talk about that. And I didn't get into the panel anyways, which sucks. That's the one I wanted to go to, but whatever. I've talked about that on my show. The thing I'm most uh, excited about by far that's coming out is not the Mandalorian, and it's not Episode Nine. It is absolutely the Clone Wars, and so I, I, I want to end w- with that. But uh, um, uh, so le- one quick uh, sidebar about just a, the, the what else is going on in general we can on the clone wars what are some non-panel stuff you're, you're looking forward to you mentioned some of the people you're meeting that's awesome um uh, and, and uh you know we can report more on that later but like some other stuff uh you know could be big or small um about the 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 long weekend that, that you're exciting for and they'll end on clone wars i am looking forward to meeting all the people who i have talked with for the past few years online, I'm looking forward to meeting Hayden Christensen, Ian McDermott, Ahmed Best, and Vanessa Marshall. I have on my schedule right now getting autographs from Claudia Gray, Timothy John, who I previously have met, E.K. Johnson, and um, Charles Soule, who did the Paul Dameron comic and the Vader CH2 comic. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens and who I'm going to bump into. I'm hoping to bump into Matt Martin. I'm hoping to bump into Pablo. I'm sure I'm going to bump into an author or a voice actor who I don't even know. I would I would love to bump into Sam Whitworth just because he's such a great guy. I'm I'm looking forward to the Ahsoka Live event meetup, which you should definitely go. Oh to. yes, I will definitely. That's that's it, 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 that if and that would be the first. That would be the latest time I would start my day. Would be at that thing. Yes. And the Ezra meetup too, which um, the voice actor of Ezra said he was going to be there, and I and Ashley will be at the Ahsoka Lives one. So you might be able to say a quick hello. You won't be able to get probably anything signed or anything, but you should be able to say hello. I love you and shake their hands and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And sure. seeing all the cosplayers, I'm just looking forward to, to the experience and stuff like that. And all the news is going to be wonderful and fantastic, but basically it's the people, it's the environment. I mean, I would love to get an exclusive that I can turn around and sell for three or four, five times the price just because when it comes to collecting, if I try to, it'd be too ridiculous. But yeah, just the people in the community, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person, yeah. which is going to be super awkward. But I'm, all, but I'm also Oh, that would have, that would happen no matter what. I'm always super awkward. That's, that's how I roll. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm also looking forward to meeting other podcasters, such as the fine ladies at Sky Talker Pod, Scavengers Horde, Amy Ratcliffe, from Hot Days with Leah. Uh, Brian Young, who I've met before, will be there. I'm going to meet him again. Uh, basically, the podcast meetup is another thing I'm looking forward to. Oh, and if there's an announcement that I am looking forward to outside of Clone Wars, it's the books and the comics, because mm. that's my jam, the books and the comics. So oh, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what's coming out. The Jedi Lost, 
when oh my god when that was announced like a month ago i absolutely lost my crap because i wanted that story and i'm looking forward to seeing what's coming next because yeah books comics my jam so that's awesome yeah i, I haven't even like had time or sat down and processed like just all the random shit that's going to be there uh but yeah just from my end i'm gonna close on clone wars um thank you so much again for being on uh from my end yes what you said about meeting podcasters and people met online and stuff that was always the thing i was most excited about like if that wasn't a part of the equation i i, I wouldn't go that's still the thing i'm most excited about and, uh, you know, I, I don't have lots of money to throw around. I'm just not an autograph p- photo op guy in general. So, that you know, it's nice I could save a little money on that because I – trust me, guys. I do have stuff that I spend money on I should not spend money on. That's not necessarily one of them. I just want to soak up the atmosphere and just get a feeling for where the fan base is at this point, you know? Like socially, you know, culturally, it, it's fascinating. I, you know, I continue to believe – uh, you know, that Star Wars is going to outlive Marvel uh, in terms of the screen. And the fact that they're so ahead on the television shows, way ahead of Marvel for the new television shows. They're already starting pre-production on the Game of Thrones trilogy, which they guaranteed was not going to happen until at least 2020. And then, of course, they say, nope, we're already starting this fall um, on that, uh, you know. And also with the, the, the Avengers, the main Avengers leaving. People love Captain Marvel. People love Black Panther. Outside of that, you know, um, Marvel has to re- shut down and retool a little bit. Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they've been a disaster on television. I mean, no offense to Agents of Shield, I love those actors, but like Marvel on television, I, I love the Defenders, but even those series have been very uneven. Um, even my girl Jessica Jones has been uneven, she's, even though she's my fave. Um, and so Star Wars is now moving ahead on television, which is a very smart move for them. Um, you know, th- there will be a year or two. It seems like Jedi Geek Girl without a Star Wars movie, but with all the t- television content that we either have, we know is coming, or we, or it, you know, is coming soon, or is coming next year, like Cassian, I'm assuming will be next year, um, and, and so forth. I, I, I'm thrilled with the amount of content, and for me, I want so much st- good Star Wars content that I don't need to watch it all. And, and I, but I constantly have to talk to people who are only Star Wars podcasters because uh, it's only part of what I do, who are even bigger fans than me, who are like, no. No matter how much they put it out, I'm going to consume it all. I'm like, great, that's awesome. Um, but for me, like I said, like I'm behind on resistance. But once I get that Disney Plus package, oh man, I'm uh, <laughs> that's going to be dangerous. So speaking of Disney Plus package, JGG, I, I initially had thought uh, with the Clone Wars announcement they would be ready uh, for launch this fall. It does appear like Mandalorian is going to be a day of launch with the service, and Clone Wars will be maybe. Um, early next year uh, in the wake of, of episode 9 and once Disney Plus is up and running. I'm not sure I would have done it that way. I probably would have launched this, this, the channel with both Mandalorian and Clone Wars. I could be wrong about that. So if you know more than me, pl- please feel free to share. So let, let's end on the Clone Wars and the specific Clone Wars at Celebration and uh, and yeah. If it was up to me because the Clone Wars revolves around us where the Mandalorian is one continuous plot, I would actually have them release like one arc at launch, one arc like a month or two later. I think maybe you can squeeze another one in if they have more than three arcs. If they don't, then maybe they spread that out a little bit. Like maybe you do an arc directly after uh, episode nine. And then I think you do the Siege of Mandalore as a major event, maybe in May or something, just because May is Star Wars month or something like that. Or February. February is pretty mm. epic for conclusions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So if it was up to me, 
that's how I would do it. I would spread it out a little bit more with the eggs. But I do think that they should have the Clone Wars day one, or even if it's just one arc, uh, just available because the Clone Wars brings in an audience that the Mandalorian is not going to bring in. Yeah, well, I, I would go further. I, I think the reason they're they're pushing, as we talked about online, or maybe on, yeah, what I think is, yeah, like they're having the. They need to get people who like the original trilogy, whatever we think of the original trilogy people who are only about the original trilogy, that's fine. Uh, but they need to get them on board or try to get them on board for The Mandalorian, whereas The Clone Wars already has a massive following and huge hype train coming. And so The Mandalorian's ratings, are if it's good and if they can convince the old school fans to come back, The Mandalorian will have higher ratings just because it's post return of the jedi it's mandalorian armor it's boba fett etc like i'm not saying i agree with it Uh, that's the reality but i think they can already count on you know at least a few million regular watchers of the clone wars because you know clone wars was loved when it was out it's even more loved now a lot of us didn't see it till after it left and came to netflix you know rebels continued to build on that and they continue adding more generations so i think at this point it's just about sustaining the hype uh, and building on it slowly with the Clone Wars. Uh, does that make sense? Rather than the Mandalorian, which is trying to build, 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 build hype. Um, again, though, depending on release dates. No, I, I agree 100%. Like, the Clone Wars is sold. Yeah. Uh, the Mandalorian, they have to sell. And I'm okay with, even though the Mandalorian doesn't really appeal to me, I'm a wait-and-see type of thing. Sell me the Mandalorian. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can be interested, but I, I, I have to be sold on it. I'm not sold on it yet. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's my opinion that we need content in Star Wars, as long as it's done kind of well, that appeals to people who are not me. Like, I think having Solo was good for the fandom that it appealed to, where solo it didn't appeal to me and I couldn't really care less about it. Even even though I do there's all moments Ooh, in it that I do bird, e- Jedi Geek Girl. Woo Even though it does have <laughs> moments I do enjoy like Lando and the Castle Gun, it, it, it it's not a film that I love passionately like mm-hmm. I do Vogue One and the sequel trilogy. And I think that it might be that way to me. I think it's good to have content out there. Like if the B and W trilogy or series is about Knights of the Old Republic, you know, that's not my jam, but you know, who knows I think that it's nice that it will be like that to appeal appeal to people who would not be uh, interested in content that I am interested in, like there's people who do not care for the Clone Wars, that's fine you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. Um, but I I think it's good to have diverse content Mm -hmm. because it allows for the fandom to grow and Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're seeing in Star Wars right now you're starting to see it expand Mm -hmm. where the last three or four years it seems it's it's been focused on one content or another like if people did not like The Last Jedi and they love Star Wars where are they going to go for new content or if you don't like the sequel trilogy you have The Mandalorian you have Clone Wars you have Jedi Fallen Order, or if you don't, if you if you love the sequel trilogy, but you don't care for the other stuff, you have the sequel trilogy. So you have options this year more than you did previously. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I yeah. Again, you know, so pumped for Clone Wars. Um, so final question for now, and then I'll see you in a couple of days. And this is going to be a great weekend. Again, you know, I, I I know on paper what to expect, sort of, but I'm also I, I've never been to anything of this magnitude. 
other than like a playoff football game or something like that, you know? Um, so I'm looking forward. Thank you so much for being on. Final question. Um, of all the uh, like voice cast um, of uh, Clone Wars and Rebels and, uh, and so forth, if you could hang out and just have a coffee or a beer w- with one of those personalities, who would it be? And don't say Ashley oh Eckstein. <laughs> oh my God, that is such a hard question. I'm no, gonna, right? I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna cheat, and I'm gonna pick three. Okay. Um, Sam Whitworth. Yep, he would be in my Vanessa top three too. Ma- yes, uh, Vanessa Marshall. Mm-hmm. And Donald um, Faison. Who? The uh, the the guy from Scrubs. Donald Faison. He plays hype hype Faison. Are you talking about Star Wars Resistance? Yes. Oh, again, haven't seen it, but that sounds like yeah, a cool so, Yeah, so, so, so one from every series, Sam Whitworth from The Clone Wars. Nice. Donald Faison from oh, I get it. and Vanessa Marshall from Rebels. I get it, I get it. Okay, well, if I get to have a top three, um, I mean, if I had to pick one, it would be Freddie Prince Jr. For like a million reasons, including hoping to meet Sarah Michelle Gellar, who I still think is one of the most gorgeous and awesome people on the planet, still since the Buffy days. God bless those two. Uh, but no, I just, you know, Freddie Prince is laid back, you know, pretending to be a, a dummy, but has like a weird wisdom to him, just like Kanan. I mean, he's the perfect casting. You know, he was born to play Kanan. I would love to. I actually didn't thought of Vanessa Marshall. She's super intense, but she is... Yeah, she would be a really. She's had a very interesting life. Um, uh, that that would be someone to. Um, uh, I, I, let's see, Sam Witwer would be would be the second, and um, Tia. Tia. Well, I would just be falling in love with Tia, so it wouldn't be a very productive conversation. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, it would be very awkward. And it, we've all again, me looking. awkward. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 let me think. I guess it would be. Um, you know what? I would want to meet one of the veterans. So, uh, Steve Blum or um, who plays Hondo? Uh, Jim Cummings. Um, like one of the old school veteran voice actors that have also been in like some of my other favorite shows and video games and stuff like that. Um, I, I think would be super fun, uh, but yeah, Whitworth and Prince, like that would be the duo. I don't because like, those guys are buddies. I, I would love to hang out with with those two and throw Vanessa Marshall in. There you go. That's that's the three. That's the three. Vanessa Marshall, Freddie Prince Jr., Sam Whitworth. Book it. I think if you were to hang out with Jim, he should just do in the character of Hondo, and you're never going to top that. <laughs> I could listen to Hondo talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> did, 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 speak, speaking of which, did did you know that the audiobook for Price is done completely from Hondo's point of view, and he does he reads the book in Hondo's voice. So if you're a huge fan of Hondo, pick up the audiobook of that and check it out because That's it's awesome. well worth it. That's awesome. That's super cool. All right. Thank you, Jedi Geeko, for being on. Um, I will try and flip this right out as my official celebration preview. Um, and uh, I Rebel Destiny podcasts. Self-promote if you, if you would like. You can find me. Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at Jedi Geeko. You can find I Rebel on Twitter Twitter at I Rebel Destiny. You can find us on Facebook, I Rebel hyphen a Star Wars Destiny podcast, or 
through any podcast feed by searching Iubel hyphen Australian Testing Podcast. Oh, and I have to add really quickly. Who's your team? Who's your Star Wars Destiny team? Give it to the fans. Give it to us. My, well, Trincathian is my um, favorite team, so. That's right. That's right. It's so funny how much, like, Jin Cassian, like, fan fiction and stuff is out there. You know, I, I love it. It's so great. My Oh, that's my desire is just for Diego Luna to show up. I think he's not because he's, like, international man of sexiness, as I call him. And he's, like, humanitarian stuff. He, like, models expensive watches and Armani suits. And he's always has causes and stuff. But, I, you know, especially with, by the way, with both Riz Ahmed and Alan Tudyk, who are both close friends of uh, Diego's from Rogue One uh, that are going to be there, I would not be shocked. If I see Felicity Jones, I'm going to have a heart attack and you are going to have to w- scrub the floor of the re- what remains of my body. Um, so <laughs> anything could happen. Um, although, to be honest, I would probably have a similar response to Diego Luna. Um, so that's the that's I love Natalie Portman. And I'm biased here because I'm not going to see them in either. Well, I guess Diego wouldn't be in a panel, and I'm not going to be at the panel. But I, I, if I could pick Natalie or Diego, for me, I would love to see Diego there. Um, and it also makes more business, not more, it makes business sense for them to have him be there mingling. And he's such a social guy. Um, but it seems like that's a, that's a low chance. So that's. Nice work, Jenna Geek Girl, keeping the uh, keeping the Rogue One dream alive. That's a that's what we like to hear. After all, it is called Ira Bell. So, guys, check out her podcast. It is great, um, and uh, it's a fun game too. So, I don't know. Maybe there'll be some Destiny swag there. Oh, there will be <laughs> from, <laughs> from me yeah. and from FFG. Uh-huh. So, there, there will definitely be Star Wars swag. A Star Wars swag there. Jigiko's got a bag full of her own swag, which you'll empty to promote and give out and be cool, and then you'll fill up with other swag, right? Is that the plan? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to be collecting as much free stuff as too. Don't worry. It's free stuff or cheap stuff as possible as well. So thank you again, Jiggy Girl. Thank you, listeners. Get, uh, be prepared for some video uh, and audio stuff, hopefully. When I'm there, uh, it's possible if I'm having too much fun, I won't have time for any of that, and you'll have to wait till afterwards. So, you guys, but you guys have been good to me, so I, I'll, I'll try and get you some some uh, non creepy photos of Natalie Portman and so forth. Um, you know, I'll just photo bomb, you know, fifty feet from all the famous celebrities, and what we'll, we'll we'll call it there. May the force be with you all. I've been the Bizzle. She's been Jedi Geek Girl. Thanks again, JGG. This has been the Bizzlecast. Thank you guys all as usual. Um, but for now, the Bizzlecast is out.